about all that's happening life Taking in the headlights, Sarah the night Wrongs and rights, we riding Conversation and all that Every little bit helps to get through My dual past that we riding Reflection of where we been And where we going to But this between's a moment Wish we could just stop Cause we never know where it ends Let's not pretend, let it sink in And just try and hold it Hello everybody. Hi, welcome to another episode of Borderline Idealist. Welcome back. We missed you guys. Uh, we have a special guest today. Uh, he goes by Coughlin, but you know, his friends know him as Ryan. Uh, and so uh, I, I guess, you know, maybe we can be friends, Ryan. Um, but what you just heard was a, uh, his latest song. It was Ryan, uh, it comes off of his album uh, Miles that is uh, going to be released on August 20th. Right around the corner. And Chris, you want to meet yeah. his... So uh, uh, Ryan Coughlin is a nationally touring musician that emphasizes on the importance of mental health awareness through chill music and very relatable lyrics. He's released several albums and EPs over the years, including 2020's uh, Unlatched Diary. It's um, Coughlin has worked closely with members of Sum 41, Dashboard... Ghost of a good thing. Gym class heroes. Um, gym class hero. Take a look at my girlfriend. Yeah, sorry, just... Okay, uh, yeah. continue. continue. <laughs> Others include Dashboard Confessional and Gym class heroes. You might be familiar with a couple of those. I, feel I, like I know them all. I know them. I know I know them all, but I'm, I have such a hard... Um, bad memory. <laughs> I know, I probably have to if sing I hear the, the songs. songs well, I know, yeah, know well just the chorus of the song, Chris. Yes, you know, it if it's anything else, you, you don't know it. <laughs> um, but last year he made headlines with his song Keep Dancing, which uh, was COVID inspired. Um, and it featured multiple friends, celebrities, and fans from across the world. Um, and I think uh, there was Ryan Cabrera in, in that video too. Um, it was, yeah, it was really fun. Yeah. It was, it, the video was so 2020. <laughs> Just, it's going to be like a product of a sign when, you know, we look so, back on it. So COVID 2020, you what? know, just <laughs> making a video, but we're all, it's kind of like SNL where they're all like at home, you know, mm. kind of making the show. Yeah. Um, so Wake Up is another uh, single from last year. Um, and that was created as a res uh, result of losing a loved one to suicide, uh, so Coughlin received messages with stories and videos from people dealing with struggles with mental health and expressing gratitude for the song. So I would kind of relate that to uh, our podcast, you know, the um, run our third year, mm -hmm. third year doing it. And, you know, we receive messages of um, people detailing their struggles. So when you, you know, you're you feel free to put it out there and let other people know what you're going through. Um, you'll be surprised how many other people have gone through it too and how many people you can help. Uh, so let's listen to a sample of his, his song, Keep Dancing, and then we'll uh, be right back with Coughlin. Burning in my soul is all I need to know. I can stay here forever. 
So welcome, Ryan. Welcome to Borderline Idealist. Welcome. Oh, thanks for having me. <laughs> yes, thank you for stopping by. We're really excited. Um, I think, you know, I, it, we can call you Ryan, right? That, yeah. That, that's okay. <laughs> and, you know, I had a, I was looking up Coughlin. It's spelled C-O-U-G-H-L-I-N. And I found so many different ways of pronouncing, uh, yeah, it. pronouncing that name. Do you have any idea, like, where it comes from or... Um, it's Irish. Irish? Okay. Yeah, yeah I got a real Irish name. <laughs> yeah, okay. N- now I see it. <laughs> I think Young, my last name is Young, so I think Young is actually Irish, too, I've read. Hmm. But anyway, oh, Ryan... Um, yeah. It's not Young? No. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps, you know, who, who knows? Uh, so, Ryan, we did want to talk to you about Keep Dancing, the song that we just heard. Um, sure. You know, COVID was a hard time for a lot of people. A lot of people experienced loneliness, uh, tragedy due to the pandemic, um, and even a loss of identity. Um, some people that were, uh, I'm an introvert, but some people that are, you know, extroverts, um, it was very tough on them because, you know, it wasn't the same as connecting with people face to face. Right. Um, so what... What exactly uh, inspired you to write that song? Is it um, anything personal happened to you or just stories that you heard from people? Well, the song, the song itself, the video concept more came from COVID because the song itself I began writing in 2015 after a visit home when I was living in Los Angeles, actually, mm-hmm. uh, about a night that I had. But, you know, fast forward to Unlatched Diary took me 10 years to put together just the way I wanted Anyways, I mean, there was a couple EPs released with those demos back in 2011 and 2012, which I pulled pretty immediately. I was like, no, this isn't right. And it's so long story short, COVID hit. And I was just thinking like, wow, we are all, I mean, I, I know that we're all connected anyways, but I mean, I'm really sitting there like this thing just shut down the entire world, you know, and nobody cares if you're rich, if you're poor, if you're a celebrity, if you're nobody, you know, how much money you have, what you do, what color you are, we're all in this together. And I was like, this ran with that concept and we needed a video because it, it was so funny. The very first week we got shut down in New York and couldn't do anything, had to pretty much lock down. Mm-hmm. That Friday was day one of a three day video shoot that we had already mapped out. We had like 50 people. for it so i was like man what are we gonna do now and i started getting that idea like what can i do to show us like and we're all connected and i was like what song would even do it so the keep dancing thing kept coming into my head and i was like oh i just show people dancing and then it became um you know just clips of whatever whatever you're doing in quarantine like i can go with this so me and the director got together personally and shot some outside stuff for, you know, the that aspect of it. And then I just asked everybody for footage. But what was funny is I'm like that blinders guy anyway. <laughs> got the blinders on. So when I want something to happen or I want to make something happen, I do it. And I sat up, I mean, probably two to five hours a day blasting emails to pretty much every celebrity, musician, that I could think of on top of hitting up my personal social media for friends, family. And then I, I went through my entire phone as well. 
but I mean, out of I, I sent thousands of emails, mm-hmm. thousands, and I we I got nine to say yes, and then there was a couple who actually got back to me and were like, "Oh, it's not right, but good luck." And so that's how that came about, which I think was pretty cool. That was that was a really cool. Uh, it seems like yeah, it yeah. seems like things just kind of fell into place as far as yeah. with everything that was going on around the world and this song that you've been having right that you've been writing for for a while and kind of been waiting for that i guess the the perfect moment was that it <laughs> presented itself over a decade yeah it took me it wow. took me over 10 years to put all these all the songs together from last diary because you know i would say like 2010 20, well 2011 i started writing the album and back then it was like pop was even going more electronic i had like electronic drums mm-hmm. and i was kind of going after this like all right, what if Dr. Dre produced my pop songs? Like, that's the sound I wanted to go for. And then that didn't really, I mean, it, it was cool, but I was like, nah, this isn't right. So then they sat for a while. Then I did some more stuff. And then what, you know, what's funny is by the end of it, it went right back to the basics, just mm-hmm. real acoustic guitars, real drums, and, you know, minim- minimize things. I pulled parts out of each of the songs by the time they got on the final record. So, wow. Yeah. You know, I, I'm, I'm going to diverge a little bit from, from our notes sure. here because I just find it very interesting that, you know, I think as an artist, you kind of have to, sometimes things take that much time to put, get together and for things to fall into place. And that's something that some of us struggle with. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm impressed because of, uh, your perseverance. I, you know, I, <laughs> um, I mean, something I struggle with is is depression and just a, a loss of, of motivation. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I write constantly. I can't help but write. And I would love to publish something. But I, you know, I, I would hate to get a rejection letter because I feel like I would hurt myself or do something to... I don't know. The world would explode. You know, Chris would leave me. Um, I'd dry up. I don't know. I don't know what would happen. But something bad. Right. Um, and you know, it's funny to think that, you know, you, um, you know, you played around with your, your sound, um, waited for the right time for your song and, um, I mean, sit- it, though. that, that loss of motivation when you're in depression or whatever else. That, I mean, that's part of the reason the songs sit there too. Mm-hmm. You know, people finish them, uh, rejection. That's that. Welcome to life of, <laughs> welcome to the life of an unsigned musician. <laughs> yeah. I, I couldn't imagine, like, I, I, I mean, I believe you when you say that you send out thousands of, of emails. I think uh, I was, uh, I was reading, I think I shared with Chris that uh, Little Nos X when he was trying to make uh, that, uh, that cowboy song, what was it? Um, Old Town Road. Old Town Road, when he was trying to make that really big, he post, he said that he posted thousands of memes on yeah. Twitter, and um, I think he even created some Twitter accounts that got, you know, shut down, but, you know, it's just about, you know continuing to to do something so it, it's interesting because um i think of failure as you know if i do something and it doesn't work out i failed i should just wrap it up and not do anything else um not you stop it's if you stop doing it that's when you've truly just yeah. accept failure yeah yeah you're gonna get told no a thousand times i mean it's crazy I mean, me, I'm personally, it's one step forward, three back sometimes, and mm. then you inch another three ahead, and then you're five back. It's just, it's a wild world right now, mm-hmm. that thing. And I think that's very important for people to remember is that it's okay 
if things take longer than expected, if things don't pan out exactly as we would like them to be, because sometimes we just need to find the right opportunity or the right timing for everything to fall into place. And that's something that I have to remind Ajani a lot, especially with some of the projects that he has in mind, is that things don't always pan things hardly ever panned out <laughs> according to what we want um, so right. we just have to keep going and just try a different method try a different way try not to be pessimistic and try to be optimistic yeah <laughs> just that's just so, that's so funny it works it's so funny it works both ways because i i've read so much on well remember the secret how that came believe ask receive the whole oh yeah law of attraction positive, and then i've read like more recently that if you stay pessimistic and you know you think all this isn't going to happen blah blah blah, you you work harder toward it happening like there's just so much i think it all depends on the person and in the circumstances but i think you can dwell in both and actually make progression you know yeah that's true yes yeah i think so that uh (laughs) kind of well I don't know. For some reason, it just reminded me of uh, what happened with my my dad. You know uh, how uh, my father my father's uh, father was verbally abusive to him, but that I guess it worked for him. <laughs> and so he yeah. tried to do it to me, but I, I was uh, too sensitive, so it didn't really work for me because I'm somebody who actually needs to be. You know, if you tell me I'm stupid, I'm gonna believe it. It's not like you know, you tell me I'm stupid, I'm like, oh, I don't want to be stupid. You know, so it's. Yeah, it, it's different people need yeah. different things to motivate them. Because, I mean, yeah, obviously I think my dad did that because he was just like, I'm not going to be that way, you know? And right. It, it, well, that's it's interesting. Cli- the climate, too. You know, you don't know how that really affected people back then. You know, that, mm-hmm. I mean, I hate to sound so soft, but there is like a thing to the toxic masculinity and, you know, coming like Mm -hmm. oh because i said so and yeah you're dumb and i'll you know kick Mm -hmm. your ass if you don't listen to me that whole thing was (laughs) probably damaging to our parents era and they don't know it or they just bury it (laughs) (laughs) right yeah (laughs) yeah different it's definitely a different time than what it was for our parents growing up oh yeah. yeah speaking of being affected um by things like that how how would you say that these this pandemic and this past year has affected you and and the way that you approach your music you know it's so i don't i don't think i've unpacked it all yet because there's a lot there but i i will say that when when i first went into when it first started happening you know you're getting reports from china and all that stuff that fear definitely just worked because i was sitting in my office and i'm just like oh my god what is this is this is going to be everywhere you know they're kind of ramping it up and then it's in the u.s and then it's you know, it's the first time that I think our generations had to deal with that. We've never had a, a you know, the swine or the not we've had swine flu, but you know what I'm saying? What was it? The Black Plague and all that kind yeah. of stuff. Mm-hmm. So when we shut down, my second son was born in November of oh. 21. So we shut down in March. So I got almost two full months home every single day. Mm. that I didn't have with my first son. So that, I was actually, mm. I'm like, wow, you know, that's, and then that spawned the whole keep dancing thing that I went on. I, I yeah. made that whole thing happen during that initial time. And I was just like, you know, I really hate the circumstances this stuff's in, but I'm really, really enjoying <laughs> this time, like right mm-hmm. now. 
And then, you know, we kind of reopened a bit by July. We were, I was back to work and I, you know, I was still seeing the same circle of friends. I have a small circle here that I work with creatively and then there's work and, you know, a handful of social people I see. So I don't really, I didn't really go out all that much. You know, we were unscathed as far as we know, we never had it. Um, I had like one family member in Florida catch it. That's the most I've heard. Mm -hmm. So we were lucky, but I mean, I didn't mind being cooped up because I was in a unique situation where I had, you know, a son who was a few months old that I got to spend every day with and rock him and put him down for his naps and, uh, you know, walk with my four-year-old at the time. So it was fine. Talk for about, me, talk initially. about silver, silver linings, <laughs> right? Yeah. Making the best of the situation. Yeah. Oh, you know, not not playing out was weird, but what you know, it was a nice break to finish up Unlash Diary and do what I did. You know, in the meantime, I guess. One of the things that I've sort of realized, I think a lot of people realize during this time, is how much detached we've been with our family or how much we're sort of always on the go and not taking enough time to slow down and enjoy some of these things like you as a father uh i'm sure you know having this perspective of spending so much time at home with your children especially early on uh, that seems like such an ideal situation for all parents you know to be able to have that time off of work to dedicate to the family I, or i think i've heard of uh some companies that do is it a uh, paternity leave yeah, paternity like, leave. They but, oh, the, uh, oh yeah but it's not, I, I don't hear about that too much usually it's uh yeah our paternity leave system females, is not as best i mean we have fmla here in new york now too which is paid family leave act and all that plna mm-hmm. i use a couple weeks of that you know each time but what it okay. taught me is i really um i really just i really belong creating music on the road on tour, like I can't, I really hate what I do. <laughs> so I liked the break, man. It was awesome. Yeah. It was family time, music time, family time, music time, family time, music time, you know, amid, amidst, you know, working out and running and doing stuff for my own mental health in between. But I, you know, it motivated me to try to make it happen even more. And then, you know, we'll see if it ever does. But if not, that's fine too, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's true. Oh, that's nice. Stay optimistic. <laughs> <laughs> that's the way to be. Uh, so, what were some of the responses that that you got, or personal stories, um, to the keep dancing uh, video and, and song? When that was song? cool because everybody not only sending the stuff, and then you know the celebs who thought it was a great idea and the message behind it, they did it too. And I think that really kind of helped the reach. Mm-hmm. So, I'm super thankful that that happened and then i don't know man everybody was just kind of like wow that's exactly what we needed and then i you know there was articles popping up all over the place and i was called for interviews and the news station so i mean it definitely hit a lot of people around here and down in florida i think i saw some articles and i have friends in california and then there's fans you know i have a little Mm -hmm. sprinkled fan base throughout the u.s but yeah everybody really kind of latched onto that at the time, which again, which is why I think, you know, it worked for what it was. And it, I'm, I'm glad that people found an escape from whatever they were going through to, to feel connected again. That, that was my ultimate goal is just some connection and sitting in your house all by yourself. If you don't have a family like I did or, you know, yeah. 
Yeah, I think that's great. I think um, that's the the power of of music. Um, you know, that's my sister was uh, telling me the other day that you know whenever she's feeling down or she's just so happy uh, that there's music, that music exists because there's yeah. there's nothing like it. You know, there's really nothing like it. Um, so uh, it, it's different than hearing a an instrument. I guess you know the voice is an instrument, but it's just um, when there are lyrics to a song and uh, the emotion behind it. Yeah, it's really important. You know, one of the things that I was really excited when um, when your people reached out to us about doing this collaboration. Your people? I'm he has sorry. people. Just, just <laughs> He's to that level mean? now. <laughs> what do you mean, your no. people? <laughs> uh, your representatives. Uh, they, uh, one of the things that I really intrigued me was just the the... That I the idea of how music has such an impact on everyone, um, whether they have mental mental health problems or not, especially for people with mental health, um, how much just the special relationship that we have as humans with music and lyrics and 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 writing, and, and not just not just you know happy songs. You know, I think there there's a time for sad, depressing oh, for sure. songs. You know. <laughs> You know, when Chris is in a bad mood, he just starts blasting some Linkin Park or something and just <laughs> lays in the bed. <laughs> I'm like, Chris, please turn that off. Oh, my God. But I I think, yeah, I listen to Linkin Park, too. It just reminds me of my teenage, you know, grunge days. I love um, Linkin Park. Linkin Park's good. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's, it's a way to connect with people. And, you know, there's so many different kinds of emotions and, and different kinds of uh, ideas in music. Um I started doing it, you know, it got me through yeah, you know, but... school and adolescence and your angsty years and, you know, it's the end of the world when girls break up with you, <laughs> whatever, whatever you're going through. It's like, I wanted to be that speaker in the corner for the people who, you know, that's all they had to get them through. Yeah. You know, that's, that's the ultimate goal. I mean, I would love to make my living off it for sure. That would be end game, but even the reason I do it now is just from the random messages and stories I get, you know? So just for the, the passion, you just have a passion yeah. for doing it. And it's, yeah. um, so is it like something that you feel like you can't help but do if you weren't able to do yeah, it? That's what's, I mean, it is strange because there's bouts that I go and I'm like, all right, you know what? This is just overwhelmingly heartbreaking. I'm done. I can't give anything more to this. And then it does not, it never lasts long. Even if it's for myself, like I'll be fiddling around or the melody will hit me or I have to get something out. So there is very much that aspect of just, I have to do it. So mm. yeah, that's, um, that's what I feel <laughs> about familiar. <laughs> I, I, I think I write poetry every day. I think I've done it since, awesome. since like middle school and I can't, I can't help but do it. And I think I'm always bugging myself. Like why, are you writing these a million journals, but you're not going to share it with anybody? Right. <laughs> so it there is a, you know, I think there's something about when you have a passion, it just feels like I need to share this, you know, with, with anybody who will listen because this is, um, it's a gift and I shouldn't keep it to myself. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's that too, for sure. Some stuff I do keep for myself, mm -hmm. then, but most of it I put out there. I mean, when it's done, I, so that's, that's the problem. I have now, I have like a mild case of OCD where I'll have everything has, at least to me, it has to be perfect. Another reason the last batch of songs took, you know, 10 years here and there, but, um, 
I have to have everything buttoned up a certain way. And then I also, I don't know, like repetitive thoughts is part of it, but it doesn't have so much to do with the music aspect, but it's, it's, yeah, I, I get you, man. It's oh, crazy. <laughs> I, I'm the same way. It's a little, little anxiety. Like, like that's, yeah, that's, oh, that's like Chris, like, um, hypochondriac too. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, I was, um, uh, some of my friends were going to come over and Chris is like, no, they can't come inside the house. The house is dirty. I'm like, the house is fine. What did everybody, why does everybody say that when you go to their house? No, you can't come in my house. Your house is a house. It's fine. He's like, no. So even if I think something is perfect, if I think a dish is washed perfectly, Chris is like, yeah. no, 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 no. <laughs> That's so he, he, he kind of balances me out of that way. <laughs> Just got to get things the right way before you put it out. So there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. <laughs> I, okay. So, yeah. So, the, I mean, there could be if you if you never get to release it because you think it's never... Because it's never going to be perfect. Yeah, yeah. So I have worked on myself on that. And I've, I've, I've learned to accept some things that are not uh, idealized just the, yeah. the way that I would want them. So I try really hard to do that. But there's just some things that you can't, <laughs> or they're harder to. So, and you know, um, I'm sure that's something that you struggled with uh, for even the last, um, the Unlatched Diary, but even for this new album, it's like learning to balance um, your idea of um, of what you want ultimately, but also learning to accept some things that. Um, uh, how would I say that? Learning, or I guess, uh, yeah, learning to, <laughs> to, to um, get to a place where you feel comfortable, right? Right. Because right. I'm sure you could continue working on it even further. With putting it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've gotten really good at, okay, this song's done. Like, I have to stop. This is it. Stop. Don't overthink it. And if, right. I, if I get to a point of overthinking too much, I won't put it out. Mm-hmm. And then I'll come back to it, you know, six months later. But yeah, I, I've gotten better at that for sure. <laughs> yeah, that's. But the new album that's <laughs> coming out in September is uh, been an idea in my head for the last I don't know, probably decade again. That's finally it was time to uh, put it together and and get it out there, get it out out of my head, off my chest, and just weight off the shoulders. Yeah, I mean, I I really think, you know, there's nothing wrong with, with taking, like, 10 years to get your stuff out there. That's that's amazing. I have stuff that I haven't released in, like, 30 years, and I'm just, I'm just scared of. So, you know, however long it takes, I think that's that's amazing to get to that point where, you know, however, however long it takes. Some people don't, like, publish a book until they're, like, in their 60s or 70s. Um, um, or, or, you know, even become singers, um, i.e. Susan Boyle. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> so yeah that's i dreamed a dream yeah <laughs> oh, voice of an angel uh, <laughs> um i, I do want to talk a little bit more about the discovery of your your talent um so was it clear from a young age that music was your passion or did it take you some time to um, no that yeah that was pretty immediate i was like i was always singing and stuff around the house and beating on stuff and um I think I was six. I was six when I definitely knew my, I, I'll never forget. I've told this story before, so it's new to you guys, but 
my mom picked me up from my aunt's house, and on the way home, Janie's got a gun by Aerosmith was on, made her turn it up, wanted to like start guitar lessons the next week. And I went, she went in, and the, I remember the teacher saying, ah, he's a little young, six years old. Um, <laughs> I don't know. And then just if, you know, if he really is persistent, you think he's, you know, because there, there are kids who are whatever, more interested and. Yada, yada. So long story short, I think I turned seven like a couple weeks later and then she brought me down and I met the guy and he was like, all right, let's, let's do it. So I, I was officially seven when I started guitar, but it was, you know, I was six years old when I pretty much knew I, this is what I have to do. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. So what, what about, what about music? Um, I guess what what makes uh, what made music so important to you? What did you connect? I don't, with? I don't know. It's just something I felt, and then I remember. I think Get a Grip came out around that era too, and uh, I remember you know sneaking watching the music videos when I wasn't supposed to. It just did something to me. I was like, "That's cool. That sounds good. I feel it. I can sing along to this. I want to do this." And so it was you know a feeling that I had definitely originally. I mean, because when you're seven, you're not sitting there thinking like. I'm going to write my own songs and it's my <laughs> world. And you know what I mean? You're just like, well, Taylor is... Swift was, <laughs> <laughs> well, right. Well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> I don't know if it's, it's true, joke. but it just seems like it may be. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, but then, you know, you get older and mm -hmm. I think I, I took guitar lessons for like two years. You know, I, I have scraps of, when I was that age too, like songs I would write, like yeah. old grump or goosebump, like just these two line songs or three chords. And I, I remember doing them. It's crazy. And then, you know, I was the think of nine playing basketball, kind of put it down, mm -hmm. was sick of like not progressing. And I think that lasted like a year. And then I picked it up and taught myself like power chords and tabs and just went from there. Uh, so was it like, was it, it, it sounds like there was, um, there's a pattern of like almost frustration with, yeah. with music, like, like it. Well, when you're a kid, you know, other things take precedence, like hanging out yeah, with yeah, definitely. And girls and whatever, that, that kind of like, that's why it took a backseat. And yeah, you know, I wasn't crazy, like learning leads and scales and mm -hmm. I got frustrated with sitting there and reading music and that's not just not what I wanted to do. I was yeah. like, what, you know, forget this. I want to just write my own stuff. And so, I mean, yeah, that, that was like kid stuff, but mm -hmm. like back then it didn't, didn't really last long. So I remember getting my aunt's guitar. She let me borrow an Epiphone SG and I learned how to read tabs and stuff. And I started playing like Green Day and Blink-182 and Third Eye Blind and stuff like that. And I think within a year, I was writing my own songs again. And just, mm. you know, I had one of those karaoke dual tape machines with the radio and the CD player. And I put the tape in one and I kind of figured out it was like a two track recording. But I would <laughs> record and plug my guitar in and play through like my original song that I wrote. And then hit record on tape deck two. And then the guitar from the tape deck one was obviously coming through the speaker and then I'd sing. So that was the guitar and singing. And then I'd pop that back in, 
hit play, hit record on the next tape and tape two again and add harmonies. Wow. <laughs> like my first demos. It was, it's, yeah, it's really that's, funny. The that's commitment. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. And for those of you who don't know, a tape is a record. <laughs> <laughs> just, just Google it. <laughs> Do you remember floppy disk? Oh, Do you remember those? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Man, so that was... That see that's well, my next door neighbors probably hated me. They were in a band much cooler than me, and uh, they were all in their twenties playing bar bar stuff. And you know, I'm sitting there playing the same song probably ten freaking times before the <laughs> tapes were done recording over and over. <laughs> oh man! So was music your? Uh, I, I I guess it sounds like music was an escape for you, um, a uh, a place where you felt. Um, safe and yeah, sure. And oh yeah. My so, first escape. Like in our families, uh, talking about mental health is uh, it was a little difficult. I think it was a little difficult at first. Mm-hmm. I think it's a little bit easier easier now. But definitely uh, when we were growing up, it was really uh, oh, difficult to talk uh, to our parents about uh, certain things. They weren't in tune with that kind of stuff. I mean, they were and they weren't. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Nobody. And especially the knowledge today, they didn't have that back then. I guess it's just an evolution of everything. But yeah, I would say, yeah, that's, uh, I never thought about it that way. It was an escape for sure. Mm-hmm. Before, you know, you're older and the bad ones come in, yes. <laughs> come into play. It's kind of like but, a, a coping mechanism, a, yeah. a positive way to cope. Yeah, for sure. That's definitely how it, how it started, I would say. Was mental health... Uh, any of that stuff discussed in your family, or was it anything that you um, you knew about? Um, no, I mean, growing up, you know, it was normal to feel sad and stuff like that. I mean, I remember there was probably times where my parents wanted me to talk to somebody, but that was usually after, you know, my first girlfriend broke up with me, and, you know, I would mm-hmm. sleep and not want to do anything, and just, but, but I would also, like, write from that place. It's so... It's so weird to say out loud in here, but sometimes I'm better creatively in the dark devastation than I am when it's, hey, everything's going great, guys. You know what I mean? <laughs> so almost romanticized in a way as well. So it's like, do you subconsciously make decisions that are going to throw your world into upheaval so you get inspired or you get to the next you know, thing you want to release? It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's a weird cycle. <laughs> yeah, that's... I mean, it, it sounds like a, a lot like my writing when I feel um, very depressed. I feel like I'm, I feel overly inspired to write. And I think maybe it's a way of getting it out yeah. um, or just uh, putting it down somewhere. And I think it actually kind of makes me feel a little bit better, even though what I'm writing may be like pessimistic or maybe whatever. Um yeah, it just makes you feel feel better to do that. So, right. Yeah, Chris, you need to get into this writing coping mechanism. I don't. I don't. What does Chris do to cope? Um, I I do gardening too. Gar- yeah. Oh, yeah. He does. Okay. He, he does yard work. Yes. That's my thing. <laughs> well, that's good. Um, no, actually, when I was younger, when I was in high school and college years, I was I used to write every day too. I would um, write a lot of poetry and do a lot of illustrations, and that was my way of coping with a lot of those stresses. Cool. Um, so I can definitely identify with that, that feeling of 
doing something to release that energy that you have, it's it sometimes it's just unidentifiable too. Sometimes you just feel something, right. and then doing something positive or constructive can even just have a sense of release and There's, give you some ease to those feelings that I you think may it's be also, having. Also, a sense of being in control. You know, you sort of are in control of something. I mean, we're we're in control. Most of us are in control of our feelings. You know. Um, you know, you can't blame somebody else for how you feel, you know, they're your feelings. So actually right. like being in control of something and, and, um, I kind of think about poetry or, or music as like just creating a world, creating like a, um, almost like a short story, a, a snippet in time of, of emotion and, um, a story. So mm-hmm. uh, that's why I love, I love country music. It just, it, um, there are always lots of good yeah. stories and, and yeah. country songs. What was that? I gotta go. No, I'm. <laughs> <laughs> hey, no, I think I read that you were you have done some country and R and B, and are you just uh, interested in country, or you listened to it in the past, or? I mean, I'll do I'll do tidbits. It's not <laughs> favorite, but I definitely have an appreciation for it. Um, yeah, yeah. I used to say I love everything, but except country. I think everybody, everyone that I grew up with would say that even though we'd all be walking around going, don't tell my heart, my achy, breaky heart. (laughs) (laughs) It was a great kid song. I mean. Yeah, Yeah, I think I was like six or seven when that came out. Yeah, I was like, everybody hated it. but. Um, I used to say the exact same thing, uh, Ryan, and it's funny because in my family, the youngest one loved country. She was the only... Well, she and my dad loved country music. Okay. So I, she picked it up from him, I'm sure. And <laughs> we were all like, oh, country music. <laughs> but I think it's also just uh, where we are in our time and developmentally or being able to listen to something openly without judgment. It, yeah, I, I feel like country wasn't seen as, as like, cool or... Um, I mean, it, it still is kind of very niche, you know? I, I, that's a big I reason. Know, country fans are pretty loyal. They're, yeah. They're some crazy fans. <laughs> yeah, uh, but it's not as big as, um, I guess, like, the oh, pop well. market or, yeah. or... It's very... It's kind of... It, it's very niche, you know? It's very... Um, yeah. Um, but I... What I did like about country was my grandma would always say like country songs are about like stories. And so I would listen to like Tim McGraw, like Don't Take the Girl or um, right. like it's, things like that. Like it, it just it, it was a story, you know, mm-hmm. so I kind of like that. I really like uh, Casey Musgraves. Um, so it's it's a uh, that Rustin Kelly's ex-wife now. Is that is that her name? I think I so. I don't know. And... She's, she's recently divorced, right? Oh. Wait, I no. oh, I can't. No, not Casey Musgraves. No, she just wrote Golden Hours about her getting married, I thought. No, please. Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> and I have no idea because I don't Rock. keep up with that. <laughs> Why don't you guys know about these country artists? I mean, my God. Like, see, nobody even... I'm really into Rustin Kelly right now. And he's like... He has his own... He calls his genre dirt emo, hmm. which... Yeah, so it's like a country-ish, a southern version of like a, you know, a dashboard confessional or something like that. He's actually really good. Yeah. And I, I didn't want to like it, and I, I listened, and I was like, oh, oh <laughs> that's amazing. So. <laughs> well, I think, you know, that's why a lot of people are, 
um, Casey Musgraves, her her new album, I think that was like two years ago, Golden Hour, was kind of like psychedelic country. You know, it was like there were banjos and uh, like the voice synthesizer and it, it was very uh, eclectic and very like a genre bending. So it's, you know, it's nice when you do that with, with country. Yeah, I do, I do uh, love a lot of uh, the mixing of d- different mm-hmm. genres and little elements from certain things um, to make, you know, unique sounds or something new. Um, I really like the that aspect of some of the newer so- uh, music that's coming out. Brian, are you on computer right now? Hmm? Are you guys, is either one of you guys connected to the internet yeah. right mm-hmm. now elsewhere? Yeah. Yes, 24-7. You gotta look up. You gotta look that up for me. It's driving me nuts. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> What's what? AC Musgraves. Oh. Just, oh. No. Let's see. Musgraves. <laughs> it starts with a K, girl. You don't even know how to yeah. spell oh. her name. Okay. <laughs> yeah, see, that's what I'm pretty sure. Oh, oh wow. No way. But dang. It, is in 2020, right? yeah. Man, she just wrote <laughs> Golden Hour in 2018, and this was about her relationship. She got married in 2017, and man, these celebrities. <laughs> gosh, it makes me feel so sad for them. Like... <laughs> Is that right? Was that yeah, right? Yeah, you were right. I was, like, he, I was like, he doesn't know what he's talking about. Ding, 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 you win Jeopardy. <laughs> oh, wow. That's, that... In like 2017, 2018, they just split like last year. So yeah. Wow. That would... that you really, wow. Well, this has been a wow. very depressing I guess, episode. I guess you're not um, as big a fan as you thought my, you were. My, yeah, my, <laughs> wow, that's, man. Yeah, yeah right. Wait, wait till his next, re- wait till their next record. Right. Time. They're like the best thing they've written. It's gonna be like Usher's Confessions, you know? They split. Like... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes. <laughs> All that emotion. Yes. Such a weird thing. Like when you're in that place, like amazing work comes from it. It's, oh, it's so weird. Like Fleetwood Mac, uh, rumors, a couple of things, you know, where people are breaking up and yeah, really good albums. It's, I'm telling you. So go get your heart broken, Chris, and mm. uh, write something. Hear the alarm, don't want to get out the bed. The day is dawning, I just hit snooze instead. Not motivated, encapsulated with booze, I'm fed. Feeling worthless, sometimes think I'm better off dead. But I know somewhere deep inside my soul, there's a reason to flow, reason to get up and go. Sometimes I feel too much, get encompassed with those who digging through the dirt and forget to water my own. There is one song that um, kind of it. Oh gosh, it's very emotional. <laughs> it it's is very, very emotional, um, but it, it's it's also very weighted, uh, which is your song "Wake Up," um, which was inspired by a lost uh, loved one to who who lost his life to suicide by suicide. Right. right. Um, can we talk a little bit about that? And and you know what's weird is. I'll never forget. This was also during the COVID lockdown time. Mm-hmm. And the, my son that I mentioned earlier uh, was a few months old, but he would love when I would bust the guitar out and play some guitar and sing. And as did my older child, but he was really into watching Kendrick Lamar 
over and over at that point. So <laughs> daddy wasn't as cool. <laughs> so I would play to him and I remember writing this sequence of chords and I was just going, turn wake up. And I knew I had to wake up. And I started thinking like, man, wake up. You've got kind of, you've got a beautiful family. You've got a lucrative job that provides you uh, the money to do this music thing more seriously with more serious of a push, you know, as far as the advertising and the, and the yada yada and your family's taken care of. Why do you feel this way? Like, wake up. You got it all. Stop being down. Stop being in a rut. Because this was kind of about my own depression. Mm-hmm. And But then I got a phone call that, you know, yeah, a loved one had taken their own life. And it, it completely, like, went from being just about me to more of a universal. And I finished the lyrics, like, that day. If not that day, it was within the next three days. Like, it all just came to me. Bam. So I had to wake up. I knew the theme, but then when I got that phone call, boom, and I was like, you know, songs like this, they they come out every so often, and they're kind of gimmicky and uh, all positive. I'm not gonna knock them, but you know, some of them are kind of gimmicky, and you you know, you question like, oh, is this for? I don't know. You know, the more of a reach and a sell, like. Uh, Profiting off of mental health. I don't know. I don't know how to put it. But Yeah, whether it's something is genuine or something. Yeah, Yeah. it's a positive either way. I'm not trying to be pessimistic about Mm -hmm. it. But this, I was like, you know, I've never written to this um, kind of thing yet. And I wanted to do it the right way. But I also wanted to, and it was was weird that I did the rappy thing in this too. Like everything kind of like was doing the same um, formula. And it was it was working, and I just wanted to reach everybody who would, who's following, you know. And I think that I mean it, it goes back again. Every musician says this too. Like I, I touched on it earlier, it's like I just wanted to you know help people the way music helps me, and that I never wanted to be a millionaire. I just wanted to, but I mean it's true. So I get why a lot of people say that, and it's like. If I can do, if I can save one person because they're like so into it, they want, want it to end. And then they hear this song and they're like, all right, I can do this. It's not so bad. You know, even just one person like that, that was my ultimate end game with that song for sure. And what's weird. Well, it's not weird, but what's cool about it is Dan Bone Break, you know, the original bassist, the dashboard confessional played bass on it. And Dashi from Gym Class Heroes played the lead guitar on it. And one of my best friends and longest producers I've had, Ben Scala, played drums on it. But what's how that connection even came about was from Keep Dancing. You know, Dasashi and his family were one of the few that said yes, did the clip. And we just kind of stayed in contact. And then Dan also, same thing. And when I got that news, I was like talking to those guys about stuff. I mean, the same day and we kind of were all talking about it. And then that song came and I just threw it out there and they were like, yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, I asked to do the video and I was like, how can I reach everybody else? Let me ask my fans if they have stories. And the craziest thing is because you you guys know it's getting better. We've talked about it. I've realized it's getting better. People are more open and aware. But what is crazy to me is I 
shit you not, I had probably 500 messages saying, oh yeah, I'll, I'll tell my story. And then I, I had, I told them what they had to do. Three of the three people you see in the final video are the only three who came out and did that mm. out of almost 500. So it's still a very scary to come for, you know, that's when I really saw like, wow, okay, I am doing something good. Cause if I put this out and people, you know, more people start talking about it or what they're going through and you know, their story, we got to get rid of the stigma. I mean, I just, I honestly can't believe it is still so stigmatized or scared to talk about or scary to come forward with. It's, you know what I mean? But then again, not every, not everybody is, you know, I'm an open book. I'm hard on the sleeve. I, I have no problem talking about anything. And you know, most people aren't like that. I didn't start that way, but yeah, it, it, that really shows how, how scary it must still be to talk about stuff. So that's when I really knew, like, okay, I'm, I'm doing something. This is this is good. This is the right thing to do. Yeah, I think um, what I learned is some people don't are, have a fear of being wrong. And you have to um, be like Neil deGrasse uh Neil deGrasse Tyson. Yeah, deGrasse Tyson. And be like a scientist and not have any fear. If you're wrong, then, you know, you're wrong and you learn right. something. So that's what I try to um, take from that. That, uh, I, you know, all the things that I think I know, I could be wrong about something, but, you know, it does me no good to just, you know, stay in my own lane. You know, it's good to be wrong because you're always learning. So, right. um you have to really ask yourself hard questions and you might not like what you find. And a lot of people know that. So they're just going to you know, yeah. stay where they are. Yeah. I think um, for me personally, so I, we didn't really talk about mental health in our family growing up. It wasn't something that was in our conversations or in our environment type thing. And then, so now I just recently started going to therapy and it's so weird because it's just something that I was never accustomed to. I was not accustomed to talking about my feelings. And that's right. something that even I struggle with um, up to this day is one of the things that we've discovered is that I have a hard feeling, a hard time identifying feelings. And except for, you know, angry, happy, sad, you know, the main ones. But even yeah. sometimes I have... A, Whenever we get in arguments or something happens, <clears throat> we never, never argue. I don't know. No, we're we're perfect. It's like it's. I feel something, and it's very strong, and it's very raw emotion, and it makes me want to, you know, either isolate or go to sleep or something. But I can't identify what I'm feeling. Yeah. And so if you if you're not accustomed to doing it, I think that's why it makes it harder for people to do it well or talk about. Um, their feelings and, and thoughts, even if it's ne especially negative thoughts, because it's just something that it's not, it's kind of like, um, it, how do I, it's something that is not, uh, that we're not used to. So it feels awkward and it feels weird, um, to do, I think. Mm -hmm. What were you going to say? Oh, I was... Totally forgot. I'm no. sorry. You're just so beautiful. I forgot this. Um, I, I, I see he got lost in your. Yeah, just so. Oh, oh. Just so. So, yeah, definitely it's a combination of uh, a lot of things. And Oh, no, I remember. Oh, okay. Sorry, you're not so beautiful uh -huh. anymore. And so I Go just. Ahead. You know, <laughs> I was like, sometimes we. I, I think sometimes we think we are handling it 
the best way because you know like you and 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 like me uh we'll we'll shut down you know when feelings get too much go to sleep put on loud music go to sleep and then you wake up or yeah or, <laughs> yeah or drink it yeah definitely have yeah. a problem with drinking or uh get high or or do whatever and you think that you're handling it but it's really just kind of pushing it to the side um and um yeah it's 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 really difficult to confront any of those demons. I think right now I'm just, I'm, I'm finally at like 30, 30 years old. Mm -hmm. Um, okay. 33 years old. (laughs) Um, uh, you know, really confronting the, the trauma from, uh, from my parents and like my, my anger from that, you know? Um, so that's where we're all, we all got screwed up. Our parents, when we're kids, you don't remember. (laughs) <laughs> where everything stems from <laughs> right yeah and it's, it, it it really is it's, everyone has to really go through this you know forgiving process and you know like you were saying try to understand that you know perhaps they did do the best that they they could and that it was just um you know it what maybe it wasn't the best but they did the best they could and you know that they they love you so um you know, I, I always think, you know, I don't know what it's like to be a parent. So I, you know, I can't really put myself in that, that place. Um, the is there's no handbook. There's yeah. No handbook on the perfect parent or how to do it or because every kid's different and you're different. Everybody's going to trigger anybody, not even just your kids, but you're going to trigger somebody or make somebody feel a certain way because mm-hmm. you're not self-aware 100% of the time. You know, you have no idea how you come off all the time. Yeah. I don't care what anybody says. I'm pretty self-aware, but there's there's times I'm like, oh my gosh, I made you feel like that, or I reacted that way. Do you think it's you know it's, yeah. it's oh, everybody sure. always doing work, but you know it's the people like in the older generation. Oh fuck that! This is be a man. This is how you you know what I mean. That's yeah. kind of people who don't want to <clears throat> or they 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 don't delve into it a little bit. But piggybacking off what you were saying, it's funny because everything is like practice, like whether it's your voice, it's a muscle, you have to work it every day or writing, you try to write every day, thinking about how you feel or what you're feeling like, yeah, nobody's unless you're consciously doing that all the time, like, yeah, with the therapist or whatever you need to do to to sit down and do that. Most people don't. So, Hmm. yeah, really good point, because if you're not used to that and you're not in practice, how can you, you know? Yes, yeah. and that is actually one of the things that my therapist and has um, me working on is to be more mi- or more self conscious about my feelings, and and she's like, you know, write them down, even if it's just a quick note. Today I felt bad because of this, or good because of this, and nope. I've never really thought of <laughs> like doing that and how much that it has made a difference. Even just these past month, um, trying to be a little bit more mindful about those sort of things it it raises a certain awareness and i think that's the best thing we could do you know as just with with what what you're doing as a musician and then you know what we're doing with the podcast is trying to just raise awareness so that people become familiar with those concepts of sure thinking about themselves thinking about their feelings and it's good feelings and bad feelings it's all mixed um but that's the only way that we can improve ourselves. And right. that's how we have improved ourselves. Mm-hmm. And that's the only way we can keep getting better about it. And hopefully um, prevent um, things like, uh, you know, people 
seeing no way out of right. whatever their struggles are. And, um, but, and, you know, I do want to, um, well, never mind. I'll just do it at the end. <laughs> okay. <laughs> go, go organic, man. You want to say something now. Go ahead. Yeah. Oh, I was just going to give out this, the suicide prevention. Uh, yeah, do, do you want to do it right now? Oh, okay. Well, yeah. So if, <laughs> if you are struggling with suicide, I, in, <laughs> I remember uh, a few years back, um, I would hear this, you know, sometimes we were like, if you are struggling with suicide, this and this and this, you know, um, and I've, I think just hearing it has an impact on our psyche, hearing people talk about mental health or their, their own personal struggles. Or to know that there's a national hotline out there for people that might want to commit suicide. I mean, just knowing yeah. that, that, you know, you really can't say there's nobody that cares about me because there's a national hotline of people that are waiting for you to call <laughs> <laughs> yeah but so and it's uh, i i do want to say it just because it's something that i think needs to be repeated kind of like positive affirmations mm -hmm. you know we have to tell ourselves positive affirmations so that we can keep some of the negative thoughts out there but um but if, if you if you are struggling with um suicide thoughts suicidal thoughts ideation um you're not sure where your, your life is going and um, you kind of don't see a future for your life, then, you know, or you please... feel like you feel like hurting yourself or you, <clears throat> you, you have are. hurt yourself yeah. or, you've, or if you've, you've been hurting yourself. Um, the, those are all, you know, I'm just saying, I, you know, yeah, but yeah. uh, please, you know, feel free to call. There's a suicide prevention hotline and it's a one 800 273-8255 um, or feel free to reach out to, to us as well at borderlineidealist at gmail.com uh, and just know that Coughlin record, you know? Or Coughlin record, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, sure. Um, and yeah. Oh, well, no, never mind, go on. Oh, good. Well, I was just going to say, you know, um, there, there, there is a way out and I know it's sometimes it feels like there isn't. I think... A lot of people have experienced that at some point in their life um, where they don't see a future or they don't see a point in all of this. Mm -hmm. um, but one thing that we've sort of been um, conscious about telling ourselves is that, you know, things are, like like you said in uh, uh, in your the new song, writing, it's uh, life is composed of moments or... Um, Am I saying that right? Uh, life is a collection of memories. Yes, life is a collection of memories. And what are memories? Moments in time. Mm -hmm. right. <laughs> so I, I think that's that's the key thing is that whatever you're going through, it is a moment in time and it's going to pass. Um, yeah. So Very stick true. around for Ball another thing. I just want to ask Ryan, what is your hope? Um, what do you hope that others will get out of your, your music and your artistry? I don't mean to be vague, but what whatever they need to, mm -hmm. that that's the the best that an artist can hope for at the end of the day. Because I could say a thousand things, but it's whatever they need to hmm. take. I think that's a solid answer. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> because it can music can be so many things for different people. Right, which is why I hate explaining what I write songs about because. Oh, oh man! See, that's an, that's oh man. <laughs> 
like part of me because i understand it like i'm a fan of so many people and i want to know i'd be like yo listen dog for in private you know or if i'm at after a show or uh, i'm like yo what was that song about like i want to know and i get that's why people ask mm-hmm. but like I also understand the other side of it because I have songs out there that I get messages about still that are like, Oh my God, this song helped me through this situation so much. Thank you so much for writing it. And then I'm like, Oh man, that is not what I wrote that about. You know what I mean? So if I ever divulged what it was really about, that would probably ruin the song for them. So Mm -hmm. I, I I tend to, I, I draw a very, I tread a very careful line. But who knows if it really would ruin it for him. Because I, I remember I, I was talking to Aaron Lewis once from Stained. Hmm. And at the show, he goes, here's a song I wrote about my ADD. And it was the song Epiphany. And I saw I was talking to him after the show. And I was like, damn, damn that's... I said, that's really what that song's about? And he goes, I just ruined that fucking song. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no! I said, no! He goes, yes, I did. This is why I don't. And like he like explained why he doesn't. Now I was like, no, it really doesn't. I'm Wait, still gonna... is this before? Is this before uh, he released Epiphany? No, no, this was this was this was during a concert. Oh, during a concert. Okay, yeah. that's yeah, that's like one of my my favorite uh down down yeah. songs. You know, like, came out in like what oh one yeah now yeah. I for you right well I you know I never I I kind of uh. Identified with it as you know, uh, there's a lyric that's like, "I am nothing more than a little boy inside that cries out for attention, yet I always try to hide." Um, the song was it sort of just kind of remind me of you know my teenage years and you know looking for acceptance from uh, your parents and yeah, I didn't really know it was about a certain. Uh, I mean, that'll tie into it though. I mean, I'm sure there's many aspects. Of yeah. It. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was like, no, man, that that song is always going to mean what it meant to me. But that's cool, yeah. Like where it came from, and that's what it meant to you. But I understand pre- some people it might ruin it for. So I, yeah, I tend to be careful depending on who I'm talking to. If I think that they'll be like <laughs> going to hold it their own way, I'll tell them. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm like, oh yeah, man, absolutely. you're welcome. <laughs> um, I I have read that um, the Beastie Boys. We all know the Beastie Boys. Sure. Of course, Christian you know the Beastie Boys. You may know their um, their song. Um, uh, what is it? Uh, you had to fight for your right to party. I mean, that was like probably like six, seven, oh, eight. <laughs> oh, really? Is that is that just what is it? trust key, trust in self? The key that says trust in self, but it comes from a line on uh, their Ill Communication album. It says the one true key is a trust in self. So, oh wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Oh, for, just... for our listeners, he was just showing us that tattoo. <laughs> it was a His tattoo. tattoo. <laughs> the Beastie um, Boys inspired tattoo. <laughs> but I, mm. I remember reading about that song that they stopped performing it live because people weren't taking it the way that they wanted them to. The song, mm. um, uh, You Had to Fight for Your Right to Party. Like, we would all, like, sing it and, like, want to party, but they actually meant, like, the opposite thing. Like, you. Yeah, they were making fun of. Like, yeah. And so I, I just thought that was funny. Just like, oh, wow, you're mad. People, shouldn't it just be like however you take it, you know? But, you know, but I just thought that was, mm-hmm. that that's interesting. Um, that's that's how I also think about my poetry. Um, whenever I write it and I let Chris read it, you know, I'm never just like, you know, what does it mean? I'm just like, what do you what do you get from it? And he's like, what do you mean? <laughs> like, it just, you know, and he's like, is it about this? About, I'm like, I'm not telling you. I mean, it's, it's just, just, it's about whatever, you know, does it make, any sense to you? Does it make you feel anything? You know? <laughs> um, yeah, definitely, like, 
I have a line in a song called Let Go. It says, um, uh, self-improvement isn't a bad thing, but can you take it too far? And I think mm. that Beastie Boys example is like, mm. yeah, you're definitely taking it too far. Like, you're not those guys anymore. You don't want to be, you know, putting out the wrong message. But, yeah. dude, that song affected millions of people. Like, you should still play it. Shut up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it. it's, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's really, it's about the, yeah, it just means, you know, any any um lyrics or, or poetry or, or story can mean anything to so many people um I, i'm sure even cinderella you know means a lot of different things to different people it's probably a different meaning between like boys that read it <clears throat> than girls that read it right. <laughs> you know so yeah it, that's um it's nice that everything can be objective so okay so we didn't really get an answer to that question, that but a, the, that answer was an was, answer. <laughs> the answer was, the answer was, the answer is within you, the listener. <laughs> <laughs> whatever they need, whatever they need. Yes. And I oh. say, I say that is a solid answer. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, you want to, I, I don't get too many moments where I'm like, wow, that was cool. That was badass. But yeah, that, that was, <laughs> I, I've never read it, that answer before. <laughs> That was kind of cool. <laughs> and, uh, so, in we'd like to close out the, um, this interview with one final question for you, Mr. Sure. Ryan. Um, what would your advice be to other artists that might be struggling to share their gifts, whether they're other musicians or other visual or writing creative, creative artists? Yeah. Ooh. That's a that's a really loaded question that I would have answered very simply years ago. It's just said, don't stop, keep going. Hmm. But depending on the person, because again, mental health, mm-hmm. and maybe they handle rejection so well, or maybe they'll 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 learn whatever they're trying to do is not the right thing to do. I would say, play it, show it, uh, whatever to people you trust to give you an honest opinion. Not yes, man, not your best friends, not your family, because they're all going to be biased and, and tell you, yes, yes, yes. You know, I questioned for a long time, like, damn, do, do I suck? Is that why I haven't caught my break? Like, were all these people just yes people? You know, you know, you, your hometown, big fish, small pond, you know what I mean? That whole thing. So I would, because there are some people who, you know, if they have big hopes and dreams and and they might not be there they can be pushed there but some people just will never get there so i i would i would definitely show or do what you're trying to do and show it to the right people who are going to be honest with you give you honest feedback and if you have the confidence in in wanting to put it out there absolutely do it mm-hmm. but even with some tough criticism, if you feel a certain way or you're defeated or it's going to affect you and you don't want any part of it, you'll also know earlier than later. And that could save some people a lot of heartache. But, you know, the optimist in me, of course, is going to say, of course, do it. Go for it. Reach for the stars. Do You can do anything you want to do. But if you're going to, you know, seriously, seriously get involved, I, I would suggest some go to somebody who you know is not going to blow smoke up your ass right away. Mm-hmm. You know, that's for that might that might not be a good answer, but <clears throat> that's what I'm, this point in my life, that's what I would say. Yeah, yeah. no, that's really good advice. Um, definitely don't want to be that person on 
top of America's Got Talent. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> and you find yourself that. You're like, but my mom said <laughs> I seem like an angel. Right. Oh, that's what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> she's been lying to you, Simon says. Simon's like, she's been lying to you, honey. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, and I, that's something that Ajani and I have discussed a lot about with his artistry and his writing and stuff. And it's, and how, you know, it can be very difficult. So, as uh, uh, Ryan said, don't be discouraged. Um, and, but also, I think it's it's okay if you, if it doesn't pan out the way you want it to. Or it's okay if you don't make it a huge international star. Or, you know, sometimes Ajin is like, oh, I want this to, to you know, be this big or this certain way. And I'm like... Right. And, you know, sometimes we're like, but... I, like with the podcast at the very beginning of the podcast when we started doing this he was like I just I don't care if it's just one person if I can just have one person that would make mean right a lot and I stuck by that all uh-huh. the way it was just about that one person and then a month later they're like nobody's listening and nobody's <laughs> writing and nobody's <laughs> commenting five listens what you're where is this the, one person all the time and effort into it you're like come on you get it you get there it just took time. I had to, you know, like Chris would tell me that I have to wait. And, you know, now, you know, our first episode has like over like 4,000 listens and, and it just, you know, keeps gaining and, you know, but it really is about what we can give back to people, you know, um, what your, what your passion is. I mean, obviously this is one of our passions because we keep coming back to it no matter what, you know, no one's paying us to do this or Anything like that, we're just taking time out to, you know, probably cost you money. Yeah, it might. Oh, <laughs> For sure. our electric bill is awesome. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we're all on the same boat here. <laughs> yeah. But you know, when it when it comes to art and spreading your art, you know, um, I think that it's important to. I I say that you sometimes spend money before you make money. I guess. <laughs> well, I I say also I say that you know if you're compelled to do it, there's a reason for it. And if you already did it, you might as well share it. So mm-hmm. it might it may not resonate with everybody or the majority of the people, but it'll everybody has um it'll somebody will it'll it will find a place with someone and it will resonate with someone. That's a great yeah. attitude to have. Yeah. It just needs to find the right audience, which yeah. is something else that you would tell me too. It just needs to find the right audience. And sometimes that takes some time. Um right. But um, I had I had two really quick oh, okay. questions. Two really quick questions mm-hmm. for you, Ryan. So, what would you say is the hardest part of the the music industry? <laughs> the hardest, okay, not the um, the, the hardest, <laughs> hardest. Uh, finding that the first yes, because hmm. I don't even know that I've had it yet. That one person who just undoubtedly believes in what you're doing and will give you the shot. Hmm. Because there's so much that goes into it. You could have the best songs in the world. Nobody will hear them. You could have the best marketing in the world. Your song sucks. You could be in the wrong place at the right time. I mean, it's there's so much into it. And, and a lot of people say it's luck. But luck is made up of, uh, what was the phrase? Um, preparation. Meeting meet opportunity. Yeah. And I mean, there's, there is so much that has to go right and so many stars that have to align for even the smallest defeats in this world. And mm. it's, you know, it's, it's all hard, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. But 
there's beauty in the in the in the in the journey to get there. And I've heard that a lot too from people who've made it or found, you know, the success they were looking for. That yeah. that part of getting there is just like it really does do something, like it means something. Yeah. So whatever. I'm there. I'm I'm taking taking each day as it comes. I'm enjoying the ride or learning to at least. <laughs> and then, uh, what would you say is the easiest thing? Hmm. Probably uh, the 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 creating. <laughs> not not that it's easy because yeah. it's not easy creating. But I, as far as what was the most enjoyable? That's the easiest part of the whole scope is actually doing it or, you know, you know, playing the show or, I mean, there's, there's so many hard things that go into it, but as far as it just being like, Oh, this is the best part. Like this is easy. Like studio for me or crafting a song here in that final, you know, end result or playing the show, hmm. stuff like that. That's all the easiest. And like this, like press for me is, awesome too in interviews because I, I love talking clearly so, <laughs> and and to learn more about new people all the time that's probably the easiest part is meeting all the new people and sharing perspectives and just making those memories man mm-hmm. okay well, a lot of answers i'm sorry <laughs> no that's a, that was really interesting that was really great information <laughs> uh you know just to um i guess you know, I guess we all have to have some healthy self-doubt and, you know, ask ourselves, you know, is this really what I want to do? Yeah. Um, is this making me happy? And when it, you know, is, is no longer making us happy, maybe it's time just to hiatus or just step away or... Um, try something new. Yeah, try something new. Yeah. Well, thank and, you so much for... Yes, thank you. This was um, making these memories with us. <laughs> And this was this was Coughlin, you I think guys. This is my first mm-hmm. official podcast, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, okay. Well, Yay. welcome to the podcast universe. <laughs> I'm no longer a podcast virgin. Well, we are more than happy to be your first. Um, wow, Chris, I'm right here. Like, I mean, oh. just <laughs> he's like, I'm so happy to pop your cherry. <laughs> oh, okay, well. Um, well, that's all the time we have. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just say it's a good thing we didn't go. We didn't get that weird at the beginning. This could have been a very different. Place. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, uh, yes. I just want to remind everyone professionally. You know, Brian goes by Coughlin, and you can find him on social media. And it's is Coughlin Records. Coughlin Music. Music. Coughlin I'm sorry, music. Coughlin uh, Music. So that's on oh. Facebook, Twitter, um, Instagram, TikTok. Instagram, TikTok. Um, where whatever else wherever is you out are, there. just search for that. Um, you know what? <laughs> I, I don't know. It's just so many. You know, Snapchat. Snapchat's still around. Is that still a thing? Uh, not I enough. just, or I think, I think TikTok replaced that. I don't know. I just okay. Well, anyway, <laughs> this was a really great interview. Um, I feel like you know, as a as a creative, I got a lot out of it, and I feel um, kind of inspired to. Uh, release some of that writing yeah and you know <laughs> just you know I, I've, I've been really challenging myself to um how i look at failure um i've been told it's one thing for such a long time it's kind of like stuck in my head so um yes it's it's interesting to hear your journey and what you've gone through and then you know where you are now um 
do you do you feel like just one, one more question? <laughs> Would you say that you're you're successful? Unlearn all that, by the way. Yeah, yeah. And then that's that's actually something I've been doing. I've been listening to uh, po- positive affirmations at night and kind of like repeating them in my head and kind just of right, 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 right where you wake up somewhere. Just write unfuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> You'll know that every morning. <laughs> that is good. Yeah. So, Ryan, would you call? Would you say that you are successful? In what aspect? <laughs> I, I I don't know. I I, I kind of ask myself about success and what success means to me. Is success a lot of money? Is that, uh, success being happy? Yes and no. Yes and no. So, so is it? How would you define success? I guess is is a is a, is a good question. question. <laughs> is a better question there. Success to me is not like an overall. It's not like an end all be all. Uh, encompassing thing because you can be successful in one aspect of your life and be unsuccessful at another. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whether it's habits and work and or music and relationships, it's. Mm-hmm. I don't think everybody is successful at all times in all aspects. So mm-hmm. yes and no to yes. everything. <laughs> yes. Great answer. Yeah, that's good. that was really good. It's just. Dissing out all this knowledge. I know. Maybe it's time to start a podcast. <laughs> the Coughlin Hour. I'm just, just, just saying. I've thought about, well, I've got, you know, what's really funny about that? Speaking of like unfinished things, I started a page called Coughlin Critiques about a year ago where it's just going to be this blunt review. <laughs> Whether it's a video podcast or something, it's mm-hmm. a review your song or album or book or whatever. But it's blunt and it's kind of like no holds bar. If it sucks, it sucks. If you know what I mean, like mm-hmm. just yeah, I yeah. haven't done it yet. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of I'll ideas. Get, I'll get there. Well, yeah. let us know if you yeah. <laughs> <when> you publish. <laughs> yeah, if, if you do and find one of our good episodes, you can say good things about it. You know, just <laughs> like we like to submit this one. No, but it, it was great talking to yes, you. Yes, thank you um, again. It was awesome. Thank you very much. Really appreciate it, and um, we'll we'll try to stay in contact with you, and and you know sure. uh, see what goes on with your music, and um, yeah, maybe hear from you again, and um, yeah, thank you once again. Yeah, anytime. Yeah. Thank you, Mr. Ryan. It's a pleasure, and um, we hope that you enjoyed your time with us. Cool. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. Been been all the wisdom, all the knowledge. And um, for sharing your music with us. Yeah. We should have been sipping on some drinks. We could have got I, I, no, no. We've been here three hours. I, <laughs> I just have we tea. We didn't think I, about that. I have tea, but I have, it has like a little baby baby oh, Yoda you. on it. Isn't that cute? Isn't that adorable? <laughs> yeah, so if, yeah, if you're ever in, in Georgia, let us know. We'll be happy to host you. <laughs> yeah, if I play down there again, absolutely. Yeah, um, Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Really appreciate it. Really appreciate your time. Um, and we hope to hear from you again. And check up on you again. All right. Thank you guys All for right, listening. See you later, guys. To another episode. And we'll catch you later. Bye. Bye. Peace. Be patient with yourselves and with each other. <laughs> <laughs> Good. <laughs>